If it keeps on raining, Dan and Levy is going to break. Welcome to episode 16 of uh, Who's Good Again? I'm your host, Abhin, and I'm joined by my three co-hosts in Akshay, Tushar, and Sid. And on this week's episode, rather the second episode of this week, we take a look at uh, the midweek fixtures, primarily what happened in the games between Leicester and Chelsea and in the game between Liverpool and Burnley. We also take a deep look into the Harry Kane saga unfolding at Spurs. And we also keep an eye at the climax of the season. It's where in our final game week and with it comes a lot of FPL questions and queries. So that being said, uh, let's get on with the show. Okay, how is everyone since we last spoke, which was like two days back. I mean, cool. technically, we we speak to each other on a daily basis because we're all on the same group. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> but since the last pod, how's everyone been doing? How's everyone keeping? Honestly, I'm a little pissed about two things. One, Liverpool scoring three goals and Salah not getting one. Uh huh. And and this total shithouse that Spurs are in right now, which uh, which you alluded to, that we're going to be talking about. Yeah, I think but, I, I think mean, I, yeah, I think I mean before we get to Spurs and Liverpool, we should probably talk about uh, Chelsea and Leicester uh, and the game that unfolded on Tuesday night. And Chelsea were like, I mean, I, I watched most of that game, and for and in that first half alone, Chelsea were absolutely smothering Leicester. It was um, almost a repeat of, of the cup final, but Chelsea had a lot more dominance and should have been uh, ahead earlier. There was a definite penalty shout in there, which I don't know how it wasn't given because Tielemans goes to clear, clear the ball, uh, goes to clear the ball, he misses and then uh, stamps on Werner's foot. Werner goes down, looks a penalty, should have been a penalty, but wasn't given. Then Timo Werner, dude, I felt so bad. That was the first VAR decision that went against him. The second one that did go against him was the right one where he had the ball in the back of the net, but it did come, it did come off his hand and was rightly ruled out. So, but still, I feel, I feel bad for Werner, dude. He's getting in the right positions. He's taking up, uh, like he's getting chances. He's just unable to finish. And I feel it's just a matter of time before he comes good. Yeah, I think Timo Werner is basically like a meme of a player. Like, poor guy. He's got 41 offsides this season in just the Premier League. And across all competitions, he's scored 18 goals that have been disallowed by VAR. I read read a stat stat that said he He said in his interview that I had the worst season of my life, the worst luck. Hopefully next season is better, like. Yeah, I read I read this tweet that said Timo Werner won the offside golden boot goals award. So, <laughs> do, do you know what? Uh, well, you know what? between him and Morata, I guess the, the the foul that was not given, the one where Tielemans goes to clear the ball and uh, inadvertently kicks Werner's leg. I think Son or somebody was sent off for doing the exact same thing. I, uh, no, no, not Son. Who was it? Uh, uh, somebody did it on Chilwell. I think it was a West Ham versus Chelsea game. Uh, uh, I know Chilwell uh, was, uh, was the one who was fouled. Uh, was it Dalpoena? Yes. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah. So he did the exact first... He cleared the ball. He cleared the ball and then he hit Chilwell's leg and he was sent off for the exact same thing. So I just don't... I just think that... I don't think at this point it's... I, I mean, my personal opinion, I don't like VAR. Let's, let's keep that clear. But at this point, I just think there's no consistency with the refereeing because I never hear any sort of VAR discussions happen when the Champions League is going on. It's usually only when the Premier League is being played and VAR just blows up. But this this game was also just a Mike Dean shithouse. Just like oh. a proper Mike Dean shithouse. Like in the last 10 minutes, there were like five yellow cards. Which was stupid of Leicester because they were only wasting their own time. But uh, I don't know. Mike Dean, he Mike just Dean. doesn't... Like a Mike Dean game, is this a typical Mike Dean game? What else do you expect? Kind of a thing. Also, is it true that Josh, you know, with seven goals is uh, the highest uh, goals... He's, he's the highest goal scorer at Chelsea this Yeah, season? with penalties, right? Only penalties. Only penalties. All penalties. Yeah. Yeah, he's only scored penalties. He hasn't scored an open goal this season. Yeah, but That's we've it. had like, we have six goal scorers with like six, seven, six, seven, six, like six, 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 six. I mean, yeah, that's that's a good problem to have, dude. Because you, you, you. Yeah, that's a good problem to have, right? Instead of yeah. having one strike man, we have like five, six. We've also Imagine. played with so many. We've played with like Tammy, Giroud, uh, Pulisic, uh, um, Werner. Like everybody's contributing, right? Yeah. So that a lot of squad rotation happening. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, and complete squad rotation from Lampard to Tuchel itself, right? I know, Rudiger's back and Rudiger started finishing. Alonso's back, yeah. 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 One thing, uh, big up up Chelsea. uh, They they came out of the, they came out all guns blazing. I mean, where was this Chelsea performance on Saturday? You just have to question that. Like, they were fifth gear. When they came out on on, on, uh, Tuesday night or Wednesday early morning, wherever you're watching, they were all guns blazing. Like Chelsea should have had three goals by 30 minutes on uh, on on Tuesday night. Uh, they were like, I was just sitting and wondering what were they doing on Saturday? If they just played half as well as they played in the first half on Saturday. So that's what Tuchel said. That, uh, so actually Leicester playing their main team for the FA Cup might actually hurt them because they might lose out on Champions League. And Champions League is another 50-60 million that you lose out on just on rights. Okay. Uh, he himself said that I didn't play the team that I wanted to play because Champions League spot is way more important for me than a cup final. And I felt like this game was much more entertaining than the cup final itself. Like, oh yeah, we it would, certainly we would, was. Yeah. Certainly, yeah. Was, and, certainly was. And, and, and you could tell Leicester were gassed out. By the time they came to this game, they were gassed out. Like Wadi was MIA. He was MIA the whole game. Do you guys think a cup is a, a, a rather a top force finishing fourth in the league and maybe playing six games, possibly eight games next season is more important than winning a cup? Well, it depends. See, first right? of all, it's first of all, it's idiotic that you would have an FA Cup between the Premier League. It's always after. But because of schedule, you had it in between. So then you force the manager to choose. Fair yeah, enough. So, I mean, see, at, at the end of the day, for a club like Leicester, obviously a cup is more important. When you look at it in, in that sort of perspective, right? Because, I mean, how often are they going to come to an FA Cup final uh, and and pro- probably win it as well? And 
Champions League, yeah, they're going to play six games. That's for sure. They they play the group stages. They could they could possibly come out of the group stages, but round of sixteen, I mean, it's sort of a lot. No, but so, it would help you sign a lot more players. It would help you keep a lot more players if you were to make the Champions League, right? I think that so, the loss to Newcastle. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, go, go ahead. Go Since it make you finish your point, I'll go. I ahead. was just saying, yeah, it makes. I I was just saying, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But I don't. See, uh keeping players yeah makes sense i don't think uh, uh that draw is there to go to leicester even if they're in the champions league so yeah, yeah maybe that's, keeping that's players that's, that's the only thing yeah yeah so but think, actually overall like chelsea fans are happier that we won this game and it's yeah, okay if we lost yeah. the, the fa cup like both sides are happy with what they got i think i yeah, yeah because, i guess so i guess this was the only zero sum game that was possible in all of in all of this Yeah. I guess if you give uh, a club the option of losing the FA Cup but qualifying for the Champions League and winning the Champions League, I know what they'll take. Right? You'll obviously take the latter because that's kind of where you cement your position in the competition next season. Obviously, bringing in a lot more uh, revenue in terms of sponsorship, and at the same time, you are able to attract more talent. You are, are then you get this sort of um, how do how do I put this? like you are recognized as champions of europe for at least three quarters of a season or at least till the till the till the final is announced or till, at least till you get out of the competition really so yeah that's fine yeah so it's like there's it's yeah. a lot of prestige involved in it. and with the fa cup right i mean what you guarantee is a europa spot that's kind of what you do and i don't think chelsea want to get into the europa spots and in leicester's case but i the more i look back at this season the more of a missed opportunity starts to look like cuz that game against newcastle was the tipping point where they really should have taken three points New, newcastle were there for the taking when they got they really got themselves into a sticky pickle by going phonal down in about 60 minutes 60 odd minutes and this is consistently a brendan rodgers issue where he gets the team across the line and then he gets them to retract from the line <laughs> it's it's like four steps forward five steps back and invariably it's that fifth step that cost them uh, the champions league spot yeah that's fair um the the other thing i i felt about chelsea was that we missed way too many chances like we had to depend on like the goal going in hitting like rudiger's hip or knee or something when it went in and then the second goal was basically a penalty like our actual shots we had like almost like 10 shots on goal and 17 or 18 shots in total and we weren't able to convert any of them you know what and i think uh, i think i think uh, i've seen enough from chelsea's game to know that they'll cause problems for city in the final because if you were to look like obviously the, when the chester chelsea leicester game was happening there was a far more interesting game happening uh in parallel which was the, yeah. the man city brighton game and that was the game to watch yeah it was it was pure chaos cuz chelsea uh, sorry man city scored within the first minute or so and then jao cancelo gets sent off for a red card and he was he failed to track danny welbeck and they got himself into a tangle and in a situation like that invariably the the defender is going to suffer like it it looked like a 50 50 whatever but the benefit of the doubt is given to the attacker and the defender ultimately ends up getting sent off with danny welbeck jao cancelo had a problem and jao cancelo is considered probably to be the starting left back or the or the right back depending on where he plays for the champions league final welbeck with his limited pace i mean obviously he's not the not the player with the explosive pace that he had uh, in these years past 
But if you replace that with Werner, I feel Werner may not finish, but he's good at getting into the box. And if you looked at the last two Chelsea games, he's ultimately been the source of the goals because he's he provided the assist for Hakim Ziyech in the FA Cup semi-final. He provided the assist for Marcus Alonso in uh, in, in the league game. And yeah. it looks like a problem Pep hasn't addressed. And as soon as he got sent off, obviously Foden scores this really crazy goal. And then, um, and then these guys start to swarm Brighton. And you and the thing is, like you, you attack if Chelsea attack the wing Mares is playing on, Mares doesn't track back. Even if there was no left back and there was no Cancelo in that game, and Mares refused to track back, and Brighton were exploiting that flank to uh, uh, like to to, to to complete away. So they were just they kept bombing down that wing. They kept bombing down that wing, and eventually got their goals from there. Three or two of the three goals came from there. The Dan Byrne goal, who's never scored a goal in his life or in, in his professional career or something. And uh, and Leandro Trossard, who sits down Ruben Diaz three times before he puts the ball on the back of the net. Phenomenal goal. Like, that was you, a phenomenal, amazing goal. Ruben Diaz jumps once, oh, yeah. he falls. He falls again. And then the third time, the ball's in the back of the net. And he's still falling. Great goal. I think... I think uh, he basically did what Rashford did to them when they played Brighton earlier yeah, in the season. I agree. But having said that, uh, do you really think Mahrez is going to uh, start the Champions League points? Oh, I, definitely. I definitely. On the yeah, right, it's going to be Mahrez. Gundogan's not there, right? Gundogan is, I think he's going to be injured. Yeah, he's, he's probably injured. injured. He's probably going to be injured. Yes. Kante is injured as well, so... That is like, uh, that is a Kante problem. is the backbone of our team. Obviously, Foden is going to start on the right side. Why would you think anybody but Foden is going to start? Who Unless you're saying Foden will start in the inside channel. Sterling starts Sterling. on the left. Not Sterling. Sterling starts on the left. Sterling doesn't start anything. Sterling Sterling's is, form is so bad right now that Pep is not even looking at him. Sterling will play Sterling in the final for sure. It will be Sterling. Yeah, Aguero, finally, it's going to be Foden, Sterling for sure. Uh, Rodri, no, 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 KDB, no. and I don't know if he'll play Foden on the inside channel. He, or he'll play Rodri and Fernandinho and KDB just because it's the final. Yeah, no, he's playing Foden in the false nine. Nah. Yeah, he's playing Foden in the first. Tell just you, like, Pep is basically know. like friendship the, with. Um, uh, yeah. Mahrez, I mean, friendship with Sterling has ended. Foden is my best friend. Uh, this was Mahrez's first game in two weeks, which which was insane. I mean, obviously, because you can tell Pep is preserving him for the final. He's definitely starting the final on the uh, on the right. And I think, see, if I were to pick that City team, it'll be Edison in goal, Kyle Walker at centre back, uh, Stones and Diaz, probably Cancelo at left back. Rod, I don't think he plays Rodri. He plays Fernandinho, Bernardo Silva, and Kevin De Bruyne. Depending on where, uh, if Gundogan is fit. If Gundogan is fit, it's Bernardo Silva, Gundogan, and uh, Kevin De Bruyne. It's Mares on one wing. Who could he play on the left? And it's um, it's Foden through the center for sure. Or Foden swapping out with the left winger. Then that left winger could either be, uh, given his form, Ferran Torres, or it could be... Uh, I'm surely missing you out. You know what? Someone. Let's let's leave let's leave the Champions League discussion to next week's pod because yeah. we'll get a better picture once he selects the team on Sunday. You'll know that more or less who's gonna play. Yeah, I feel I feel the Sunday team will be will be the Aguero farewell game because he gets the he's going to start. So, if, so that's that's something we'll have to consider. And Emerson's also gonna start for sure. Edison, sorry. Yeah, Ed, Edison, of course, yeah. And so, he's, he's definitely starting on Sunday. So it was the Brighton City game was was a, a lot of fun. 
and uh, like in did, my opinion, the all, game of, game of the midweek. Sorry, uh, you did you all watch? Yes, I mean also to note that was series first loss and first loss after twelve consecutive away wins. That's a record by uh, that city hold now. That team is a little insane. Yeah, that's their first away loss since their twelve consecutive wins in a row. Did you, any of you all watch the games yesterday night? Because I didn't watch any games last night. I watched. A, yeah, I was yeah, up. I was up for a bit, so I watched a bit of Liverpool Burnley. It went to one nil in the, at the end of the first half, and in two nil at, at the at the start of the second half. So that game kind of petered out. Just as you think it would have, like it once it went to two 0 Liverpool weren't losing that game. There was a great clearance off the line by Nat Phillips. I, I think uh, Ben Mee really Ben Mee gets this gets his head on the ball. The ball is going in, and just on the line, Nat Phillips makes the clearance. And I think that should see you Champions League for Liverpool. That game, after getting past Burnley, it should see you Champions League because from what I saw of of Palace, Palace conceded three to an Arsenal side, and I and they go away to Anfield. Uh, I mean, obviously on on Hodgson's last game. So I am I'm not entirely sure they have the capabilities of holding keeping Liverpool out for extended periods of time. Plus, SA is out, so yeah, SA is out. Attacking threat as well, so yeah, and and Zaha, I don't know what has happened to Zaha, dude. He leads. Maybe he needs a he needs a more attacking coach because my God, he's infuriating to watch. But that's how he was as a United player as well, which is what pissed me off whenever I, I used to watch him. Like he's got so much of talent, but he's just infuriating to watch. It's it's really I don't know, man. He needs to go to a bigger club and a better club, I think. Yes, I think his talent is wasted at Palace for sure. Maybe it's the yeah. Maybe he needs to go to an attacking uh, attack a more attacking club. I think he should go to Spurs with all that money they're about to get for Kane because even <laughs> there was an interview with Gary Neville earlier today that was released on the overlap. And in that interview, Kane explicitly states that, I mean, not exp- he kind of implies that he wants to leave and he's going to speak to Daniel Levy about it at, at the end of the summer. All the signs point at him going to City because he wants to play for Guardiola and he wants to win trophies. And I you can't really... Um, you know, fault him for it because it seems like the destination for him. And I was, and I wondered why he couldn't go to Paris. But there comes the aspect of him having a young family that he wants to raise in England. So I guess that might be difficult for him. Hey, he wants to stay in England, right? Like yeah, if he wants to, said, yeah, to yeah, yeah. If he wants to stay in England, I like. And he mentioned, he mentioned a figure. He said, currently I'm worth a hundred million or so to Daniel Levy. In a couple of years, I won't be worth that. That's what he said in the interview. So. Which is damning. He's almost put like a number on himself to be like, okay, come get me. And I mean, I think, think about it. He has four four seasons left on his contract, which is yeah. at least one twenty million minimum. Yeah. Daniel Levy wants sell for less than one twenty million. Problem is and, in this and, market, who's going to buy for one twenty million? And knowing Daniel Levy, that guy is going to say one twenty million plus one player from your team. Yeah, plus some benefits. If Kane yeah. scores five goals, you give another ten million something of that. Uh, plus, plus, I I need a couple of vending machines for my new stadium. Uh, I think City will uh, definitely do it. If, I think one twenty million, Akshay. Are you serious? I mean, City is actually 
with all likelihood yeah. his final destination could be city because uh, chelsea don't need a striker technically and neither no, they won't even want... sell to chelsea they want yeah, neither to chelsea neither will kane want to go to chelsea because it's a it's a london club london rival liverpool i don't think are in the market for a striker and even if they were they don't have the money uh, they don't yeah, have that kind of money they won't and they don't united need, need right yeah united need a striker but if they're going to go after sancho there's no chance they're going to have 120 million only team yeah. left is city and city need a striker i would yeah. take danny ings for 25 million today i know it's not the it's not the kane buy but if they get sancho on on the right and if they get danny ings as a forward striker with cavani and greenwood to rotate sign me up because as much as it the, the thought of signing kane for 120 million is very appealing because he comes with goals and he's like he he's one monster in front of in, in the six yard box it makes no sense whatsoever <laughs> from a financial perspective because in 4 years he's done and the resale value you get on him is useless. Danny Ings at 20 million you are guaranteed a 10 goal a season striker with Cavani you are guaranteed a 10 goal a season striker. Martial you're probably guaranteed uh, a, a 10 plus goal season uh, if he plays up front. If you get Danny Ings and Edison Cavani you get Martial and Rashford fighting for the left, Sancho and Greenwood fighting for the right. you have competition in all three spots that seems like a great bargain by and if uh, why would you say danny ings i think calvert yeah. lewin's better than him calvert lewin is going to cost you 90 million that's the quote and calvert lewin is not worth 90 million and speaking speaking of spurs, I mean, a bit this summer the summer is going to be really big for them because they're a club with no manager their best player wants to leave daniel levy's got he's they're regressing dude they need a new manager their best player is leaving levy levy literally has a uh, his hands full this summer and with their new stadium that's up and running they have so much of debt it's whoever comes in it's going to be a nightmare of a job uh, i mean couple of names that spring to my mind roberto martinez is one because he said he's quitting belgium at the end of the summer uh, i think graham potter has been mentioned as well Uh, Graham Potter would do a great job at Spurs. But I you know who you know I don't know if Eddie Howe's got a job yet has he? No no Eddie Howe I, I think he doesn't have a job yet but I I wouldn't say in terms of like tactical now from what you've seen from Eddie Howe and what you've seen from Graham Potter Graham Potter is much more flexible when it comes to comparing the two and like you could see that guy had a credit Ostersons he's been around all of Europe so he's not just hardline with the english mentality we're going to play this way we're going to lump the ball into the channels make sure the striker goes and picks it up and just you know he, he doesn't have that old school he's kind of been around europe so he he's he's very uh, open to trying out new systems his biggest problem at brighton is a team that can't finish and if they replace kane with let's say a striker who has half his input maybe yeah just about half his input he'll get that team to a top 6 finish I don't know man. like the thing the thing about Eddie Howe his football was was terrific the way Bournemouth used to play their football I used to love watching as a neutral I used to love watching Bournemouth especially that one season where they killed it I think they finished 7th or 8th or something like that I think 8th they finished one season by Calamus went on a yeah Calamus and Ryan Fraser and uh, Josh Kane uh, but uh, Josh but Kane. I think Tottenham need like a 
fixer upper rebuilding manager yeah i think you know who is a good fixer upper manager uh, rafa benitez <laughs> like a proper coming he is going to come in there do his plumbing fix those leaks here there something and uh, somehow he'll win them something also something he'll win them or at I least think, get the top I, four or something i think rafa at spurs is a great job i think it really I, is yeah i was good. actually yeah, he was going to be my next mention but yeah, yeah. he's he's a really good uh, handy man if you will his yeah, his family is also family his family is also in england so i think yeah he's been in england for the longest time right so yeah yeah since since he moved to liverpool uh, he's been yeah. there this family's been yeah so it does make sense for him to join spurs as their manager so Let's okay we we quickly wrap up on the kane thing where do you think he's going i would city love him at united Bayern. i would love him at united but i think he's going to city Yeah, same so, here, city for sure. Given I actually think it might be. Yeah, I go on. It's gonna be the opposite of Van Persie. He might go to City, or possibly even Bayern. I have they a feeling have money, maybe they don't have the money. But if they can work out a deal with Levy, which I know is quite impossible, but Levy will ask for Lewandowski. Yeah, he'll ask for Lewandowski. He lasts for Lewandowski, or he lasts for like a co-man or someone. One of two is going to ask. Probably Sane. Sane is under shit season. Yeah. The other thing is City. They have all this Ferrant or this Ford and doing all this crazy shit. They might be like, guys, do we really need Kane? But none of them are actually a striker as such. Too. That, yeah, you know, but the, the go-to man. Guardiola. Yeah. Guardi Guardiola might be like, fuck it, I don't need a striker. Dude, I am I am afraid of that team with Kane in it. I was like, you know, guaranteed. Oh. Your <laughs> if Kane goes into that team, it'll it'll be it'll be very similar to okay, not this season, scratch this season, but it'll be very similar to how uh, pa- uh, the French league was, the way PSG won it all these years, or the Italian league, the way Juve won it, or the German league where Bayern keeps winning it. It's gonna be the exact same. There's gonna be. There's basically very little competition then because Kane's going to score you. He's a 20 goal minimum, 20 goal as a season striker. So I so thought City actually might go for like a Mbappe or Haaland or something, right? And if they do that, then they'll run away with it. Those guys are like cheat codes. Like they'll run away with the league. Like nobody catches them. Haaland won't work with Guardiola. Why? Because. Uh, You, if you notice, like the murmurs coming out of Dortmund, is that Haaland doesn't do much for the team. You get get give him the ball, he score, but he doesn't do a lot of work for the team. And for Pep, that is a big no-no. Like you want to play for me, you will bloody track back when I tell you to. You will press when I tell you to. In fact, you have very little. He's not creative, a system player. Yeah, he's not. You have very little creative freedom when it comes to Pep. You are coached to be in this position. You are coached to be here. When the ball comes, I want it to be in the middle of the box. I, I want Bernard. I want it to be on the uh, under the back post, front post. I want Sterling or, or like a or KDB to be there if he's not putting the cross in. So they are drilled with that mentality. And like if Kane goes to City, because there are so much, there's so much talent in so many positions, it opens up so much more space for him. He's no longer considered the main threat because holy shit! If, if I'm marking Kane, who's taking care of Mares coming in on the right? Foden is is waltzing his way through the left there. KDB is launching uh, crosses like a quarterback from halfway up the pitch. 
Kyle Walker is bomb for not to forget Kyle Walker and Jao Cancelo bombed down on each wing. Gundogan is like some bloody fox in the box he's turned into so he'll come and score goals. It is a scary yeah. team to contend with. And if it's they get Ferentor is doing his thing. Yeah, Ferentor is scoring back heel goals in mid-air. So like what is Yeah. This is a, a crazy crazy team. How, how do you defend like like who do you mark? It's impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah that team is loaded, man. That uh, to mark. Kane going to that team is just going to make them that one step strong, that one level better or stronger, whatever you want to uh, call it as. I just think with with what they already have, that this could imagine just putting in one of the best strikers in the world into that team. Yeah, dude. He's, he's capable of no stopping that. He's capable of the long ranger as well. So he can, if there's a low block, you give it to Kane on the edge of the box and watch him curl that into the top corner. Speaking of long rangers, I mean, I quickly want to touch upon this before we go. Uh, the Edinson Cavani goal from the game against Fulham. Oh yes, that was. That can, was we, can we dissect that goal? I got a request from somebody who watched, uh, listens to the podcast. He said. The moment the goal went in, he texted me immediately and he said, "Please dissect that goal for us on the pod." Okay, so shall we start? <laughs> <laughs> Go for it, Ben. It, well, it's fairly simple if you think about it. Uh, it's one long ball from De Gea and one rather, I don't know, more of a Schrodinger's cat situation uh, of a touch from Bruno Fernandez. Did he touch it? Did he not touch it? God knows. Um, yeah, Bruno with like, where Bruno just like grazes the ball with the back of his stud, and that ultimately causes the ball to roll to Cavani. And when Cavani makes the shot, I'm like, what are you doing? And then I see uh, Ariola in the center of the box, flapping his hands, and the ball is flying above his head. What a goal to welcome the fans back! It's a pity about the result, but thanks to Chelsea's game against Leicester, United don't need to worry about second. Uh, I, I, there was a fear that they could have been caught. Shite game, United are having a wobble at the wrong time and, it, and you're starting to see your team gas out and <laughs> gas out pretty bad uh, with no Maguire in the back line to get to G. That, that's what happens if you play the whole game the in the space of yeah. 10 days. Come on. What else do you yeah. expect? I don't think even it's a, it's a space of 10 days. I think it's just that they've been playing. They've had the shortest breaks in the entire season. They've they've played a game every four days since like the season began. So, I mean, it's unfortunate that it, they're gassing out now and you can start to see it little by little. They were exceptional in the first 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes. Uh, and then the second half, they were non-existent. So if they pull up with a performance like that against Villarreal next Wednesday, they're in for a That's world of hurt. And it's over, it's over. Yeah, Especially so that's, with Emery and the way he sets up his teams. Yeah, and so I think that's a conversation for next week's pod. But yeah, I think it's time we moved on to um, to the weekend's fixtures. And once again, the the race for top for the top four is still not over because Chelsea are a point ahead, uh, point ahead of Leicester and, and Liverpool, who are both on sixty six. But I think Liverpool have the higher goal difference that they have a plus three or a plus four goal difference. Leicester take on. It, Spurs. it doesn't matter, right? All three teams have to win their games. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like loser, loser goes home, and one of those teams is not winning. 
uh, a game on uh, on Sunday. Now, which team that will be is interesting because Chelsea play Villa and Villa are. I think they still they beat leaky. Spurs. Yeah, yeah. And but then again, beating Spurs isn't really a big deal these days. They are handled. They're yeah. being handled by a. Dude I think literally Grealish back yeah. so it'll help them a lot. Their game has changed. Uh, can can we also speak? Can we also? I know. I know the top four race is is uh, sort of come up to the boil. Uh, but but I think even there are teams playing for the seventh place as well. I think there are three teams that can conference uh, league, right? Yeah. There are four teams that could possibly finish seventh for the conference league. So Spurs are on fifty nine, Everton are on fifty nine, Arsenal fifty eight, and Leeds fifty six. I mean Leeds is a goal difference is considerably inferior, so we can sort of rule them out. Uh, so you have Arsenal, Everton, and Spurs all all uh, vying for one spot. Uh, of which arguably Spurs has the toughest fixture, which is Leicester. I I think, um, um, you know, St. Tottenham's Day might be making a comeback this year because Arsenal are a point behind uh, behind Spurs. And if Arsenal beat Brighton, but then if is, a, is being the operative word, and you know how Arsenal are with just teams at home. I think most teams have had a shitty, I've had shitty home forms this season, but I don't know, with the fans back, Oh, the fans back, they will definitely lose. So, I mean, so if if I if you have a Brighton player in your team, you That's how Arsenal welcomes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably and after, after the game against uh, City, I'm sure they're like more pumped to win the next game. And I feel, uh, I, I think, I think they're in, in with the shot. But I, I see, I mean, from what I saw of Spurs yesterday and, and Reguilon's, uh, what do you, uh, and Reguilon's brain farts, um, during uh, leading up to both goals, if if Leicester are given the amount of space and time Villa were given, oh, we are in for a treat. Here, Nacho is going to be Nachoing all over their uh, <laughs> six-yard box. <laughs> Liverpool <laughs> making top four or th- top three after having that nightmare of the season will be hilarious. Will be a big win actually for club. Yeah, then Van Dyke will show up next season and be like, haha, no, nobody should get past You don't Nike. need Van Dyke, man. Do you guys see Nat Phillips last night? Yeah, I'm not sure. Man was on fire. Like <laughs> Nat Phillips is like uh, like Van Dyke plus I don't know, Origi or something put together. <laughs> First of all, that Liverpool game, Ox. Firmino and Nat Phillips scored. Yeah, so like random. The most unlikely <laughs> trio. I swear. Of all the people to score, these three guys scored. Okay. And Secondly, get anything yeah, out Salah of Yeah, didn't, didn't get jacked. Yeah. <laughs> Secondly, Rai Williams, who I, who I hate that he's not Welsh. That name is so Welsh. Okay. <laughs> Rai Williams, yeah. if he yeah. may... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if Klopp makes third with that guy in his team, right? Klopp deserves the middle, like manager of the year or month or decade or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think just before we jump onto FPL, we should probably look at who is making your final top four. This is your your ultimate. Like, I, I've been countdown. saying this since Jan. It's I've been saying it in Jan. I'm not going to change now. Okay, wait, hold on. Just, let me introduce. Let me introduce it again, sir. Okay, so I mean, we're fairly we have a set of inconsequential games in in that are at play at this point. But uh, if you were to pick your top four, um, 
who would you okay so we have city and united who are definitely top in the top four and yeah. i think chelsea and liverpool are going to be the next two to go through mm. uh, liverpool definitely will go through because they play they play palace who are really shit right now and klopp klopp has been doing some wonders with the team right now in the last few games so chelsea and chelsea are also in good form i think they just need to finish better and they'll be they'll be set to qualify I I've been saying it since Jan. I I always uh, when Liverpool went through that six-game losing streak at home or whatever, that they are somehow going to manage to come finish uh, in the top four. I stick to that. I think it'll be the the exact uh, same way it is right now. City, United, Chelsea, Liverpool. Uh, but if I had to say one thing, I think the only slip up would be if Chelsea draw versus they play Villa, right? Yeah. So that that could the potential banana skin in this entire uh, in this entire uh, little uh, uh, three way battle that uh, we're going having uh, going on would be Chelsea. Are they playing at home? Are they playing at the Bridge or are they playing away? They play away. They play yeah, at Villa. So, so that could in all of this, I I think personally that that could be the only banana skin. Chelsea dropping points and Leicester managing to beat uh, Spurs because Spurs, let's face it, Spurs are shit right now. Uh, they they didn't even uh, they didn't even turn up against Villa yesterday. So I I think Leicester beating Spurs. There's no two ways about that. Uh, the only the only banana skin I see is Chelsea could drop points against Villa, but my top four I think it still stays the same. That's that's all I want to say. I think like Man City already champions, United already confirmed for the second. Um, I think it'll be Chelsea and Liverpool. Uh, I think we'll somehow squeeze a win, uh, a win against Villa. Liverpool, the way they're going, like their plot armor, Liverpool. So mm-hmm. they'll they'll make it to top four and and they'll come fourth at least. Uh, Leicester, um, feel bad like. Brendan Rodgers probably doesn't like this rant right now, but he's gonna make. It. Yeah, and looks like it. So I, so I'm, I think I am I'm in agreement with most of you. United City United for the top two as numerically no one can catch them. I think Chelsea finished third. I feel they they beat Villa. They have too much in the tank to like, uh, to like for you know. For Villa to not have, wait, they they just have too much in the tank to like to not to slip up at uh, at Villa, and I and I doubt that's going to uh, that's going to happen. Leicester, Tottenham is an interesting game because uh, I think it's it's being played away at the King Power, right? So Leicester, I mean, you don't know, you don't know what Leicester will turn up. The Leicester that turned up against Newcastle or the Leicester that turned up against Tottenham, all those uh, all that while ago. Liverpool Palace. I somehow feel Liverpool are still not out of the, out of the woods yet for some reason, and I have, and I and I think that's got something to do with Roy Hodgson's last game. Obviously, the game against Arsenal didn't go well, but there's something that it's eating that you know that's at the back of my mind that says you know what they might just squeeze top. Uh, they might like Roy, Palace just might pip them, and if if they draw, if they lose, and if Leicester draw, Leicester get squeezed in by a point, and I and I totally see that happening as a scenario. But for now, let's like 
we'll we'll play the obvious card and the obvious card is chelsea and liverpool joint united and city in the top 4 and the champions league next season so i guess i guess we picked uh, we picked the games you're going to watch for the watch along oh yeah so we have a watch along for all so these games <laughs> so don't say we are going to watch chelsea villa cuz i i said villa chelsea might slip up you're saying liverpool might slip up against palace So you were watching yeah. that game, which leaves Akshay with the Leicester's first game. It's going to be a fun watch. I'll, I'll probably end up watching the United game as, <laughs> as always. <laughs> even even I think you'll have to just keep shifting games. Okay, um, so I think we have our watch along slots are decided. Or we'll pick slot. We'll pick lots at the end of uh, at the start of that stream, and each one gets a game to watch. And I, I assume there'll be game zones. There'll be like. Uh, moments that keep yeah they'll keep showing you goals yeah, in goals, between right yeah so yeah I think we are we're going like to how they did it a few seasons ago and it was really annoying no they do it they do it every season every season they, they do it like they, last they play together right yeah they yeah. always play together and no no they always in regular in games not the, not the finale games the final games oh that there was a name for that wasn't it Paul something yeah, yeah was goal some, fest or something some goal yeah. something Yeah, okay um, i i i think before we conclude the podcast let's quickly take a, a look at our fpl squads okay so before we start this off i just want to say i had a shit start to the to the game week last week yeah i i heard rumors that greenwood was going to be benched so i took him out of my squad and i'd already take uh, and i'd already brought him in in place of jota who was injured and i brought bruno in to compensate for ryan sterling and Obviously, that made sense because Sterling didn't start the start the Brighton game. Nor did he come on. Bruno got me my points, but at the same time, Greenwood started the game. Didn't really get me my points. And Ferran Torres, who I brought in for Greenwood, ended up uh, getting subbed off after 15 minutes. It couldn't have possibly gotten any worse, and thankfully, it didn't because Bamford came in clutch with with a 12 pointer. Robertson, for all my gripes about Liverpool uh, go go easing past Burnley yesterday, came in with a beautiful 15 points. My defense essentially saved my ass this week. Son looked extremely peripheral in in the game against Villa, and I doubt he's going to look any better against Leicester. So, if you want to get out, get Spurs assets out of your team, now would be a great uh, would be a great time to. My personal opinion: if you if you feel you, there's an explosion coming through uh, at the end of the game week, uh, be my guest, keep him in. But I but my transfer out for this week is going to be Son. And of course, my goalkeeper didn't play because BLS had decided I want Kiko to finish the season. So I've brought Kiko into the team already for next season for for the next game week. So uh, I had a decent week, I would say. Um, my keeper didn't really help me too much. Uh, he conceded and didn't do shit. Uh, um, my defense came in clutch because Phillips, man of the match. Had a great game, and dependable asset Dallas also got a clean sheet. Uh, in my midfield, we had Pereira coming, who I knew was going to score no matter what the scoreline of that game would be. And um, apart from that, we had Bamford coming with two with a goal and an assist, and I had Watkins and Coleman sitting on my bench with nine and six points respectively. And I wish I played them instead of somebody else. So let's hope uh, next week is much better. The final week of the season. Um, uh, your captaincy choices for uh, for the week? My, mine's Salah. I just want to stick with him. 
Uh, I think he started uh, he started with Kane for the Golden Boot. So yeah, I think I'll stick with Salah and hope for the best. I guess uh, I I should say I'm I'm four points back on one of uh, uh, one of my uh, mini leagues uh, and uh, in our league I think I am uh, about sixteen points behind the leader. Oh okay. Uh, uh, so fourteen or sixteen points. Not not ex- uh, entirely sure 14. exactly. Fourteen yeah. points. Yeah. So now, uh, so that is going to be a little bit of a. Uh, I think it's going to be a little dicey, but let's see. Uh, yeah, but I guess Salah has to be the only option. Uh, Kane, I don't know Kane versus Leicester whether that would be that would be the right way to go. Uh, I guess it just and then comes down to do I bring in? Uh, I mean, I probably bring in Dallas because. Dallas seems to be in everybody's team. So just to cover that, uh, I'll probably bring in Dallas and for Jota, I'll have to think of someone. That's that's about it. Because I don't see Target starting against Chelsea. Chelsea is scoring. I know that for sure. Torres will start for, for City and he's the same price point. Yeah, so I just have to look at uh, Jota to someone. That's, yeah. that's just... That's probably going to be it. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much my team. Uh, Salah captain, of course. Cool. I mean, if you're thinking of a cheeky captaincy choice this week, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go look further beyond Aguero because he's definitely playing that game against Everton. How many chances he'll get, we don't know because Everton are stingy in defence and they have a good record away from home. So uh, we'll see. And on that note, I think we've come to the end of this week's uh, the second podcast of this week. And yeah, we'll be. If you listen to the podcast, please make sure to follow us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel. Uh, it really helps us. Obviously, we're, we're just growing. We've, we have, we're just one short of like 10 subscribers at this point. That's how early we are. But like if you subscribe, you get the word out. YouTube promotes us. And when we do live watch-alongs, we get a lot more eyeballs. And it definitely gives us more scope to do what we're doing uh, on a bigger scale. So yeah, be, be, sure, to, uh, be sure to check out uh, the watch long on Sunday. I think we, the games kick off at 7 p.m., 7.30 p.m. in Indian time. So, uh, I 8 think... 8.30 no, 8 8 p.m. in the Indian standard. Yeah, 8.30 p.m. in Indian time. So, I, it's a fairly like stress-free hour of, hour of the day, I guess. I mean, just a quick... You can just jump in for a few minutes, have a chat, pop back off, whatever you'd like. So, we'll we'll see you then and until then, goodbye. Take care. Yes. Yes, thank you. Thanks.